God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. And we back in this thing, okay? The fact that we've been podcasting for a few years now, it really low-key, it just blows my mind. I can remember me being so nervous about executing this idea that God gave me to being like, you know, fancy in the studio. And you, oh gosh, do y'all remember the moment when I had to talk to you all from my closet? Because what? No office space. Let me tell you something. God has a way of making all things work together. Oh, I'm even thinking about me awkwardly introducing ads to even now this change in format. I want to thank you guys for riding with me in every season. It's given we've been breaking barriers together and I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else but you, which also includes my girl, Joval Webby. My co-host for the day, she is a delegation member that's been burning bridges in the best ways. And I can't wait for her to tell us more about how we begin to burn barriers in our own life. Hi, Joval. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am also doing really well. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad you're doing this. As am I. Thank you for having me. What made you decide to sign up to be a co-host? One, because you challenged me. Like, I felt like you called me specifically and said, are you going to get out of your own way or no? And I was like, okay, well, I do love a challenge. So let me go ahead and record my little video and send it in see what happens. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad that you listened to that voice because I've heard so many incredible things about your story. Some people, some women have obstacles and barriers to overcome. Other women burn them down to the ground. They don't just hop over them and leave them for another woman to have to fend for. You seem like the kind of woman that burns barriers down. Can you tell me a little bit about your story? I do love a good burn. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have always noticed kind of the discrepancies and some uh, the difference between I've always noticed the difference between what people say and how they actually show up in their behavior. Mm. And so that's something that has always stayed with me. And I've, I've always challenged that and questioned that. And that curiosity from my childhood of like, well, why do we do this? And why is it this way? And why not this way? I've God is going to bless my parents. And so because I always wanted to know why and still now in my adulthood, that same curiosity of noticing why the discrepancy, not just in other people, but also in myself. Right. And so if I don't enjoy something, why am I forcing myself to stay in a job that I know I don't love? Why am I forcing myself to do workouts that I know I don't enjoy? And so that's kind of carried me that um, desire 
desire to continually to find what is good and pleasing and right and enjoyable um, has led me from getting my master's in teaching English mm. as a second language to working on federal government contracts um, because I wanted to not just help in the classroom, but I wanted to have a bigger impact. And the classroom, I could only help those 30 babies that were there, but I was like, but there's more. And so I kept looking for more. So every time someone said I could not do something, I said, oh, are you sure? Right. And so I double majored in college. I worked full time while getting my first master's. Um, I I've continually done things and not just that, but I mean, as a black person, a child of immigrants in this country, I have had to overcome. My life is one of if you want to do and live and be well, you must overcome. I mean, and that's it. That's so. Um, and so. That, oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and that's what led me into um, nursing. I I thought that, you know, I really was going to need to, I needed to with this passion and this desire to overcome all of my own stuff. And it was a lot of stuff. How can I help other people do that? And that, that's why I became a teacher. And that's why I'm now in nursing school, because I desire, desperately desire to help other people do what I have done, which is lose 100 pounds. Okay, well, you can't just drop that and leave that there like that. Like, right. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, rewind. I was going to ask you, how did you lose 100 pounds? Um, Mostly discomfort. I was grossly uncomfortable in my own body. Mm -hmm. And so I had done the thing I had. I did all the diets. I did all of the restrictions, all of the workouts. I mean, and I've lost weight before. That was not the issue. I've lost up to 70 pounds, but I was just like, how come I can lose 70, but then I gain 80? Like what, what is happening here? Um, and so I ultimately, from all of the lessons that I learned, um, every time I lost and then gained weight, that is what I used to fuel me. And I said, this is May 2017, I said, this is it. This is my final first time at weight loss because I can't live like this anymore. So May 2017, you decided to finally confront and burn that barrier. How much of your own inner work, inner process, (sighs) spiritual life played a role in you being able to actually overcome this challenge, this discrepancy between what you desired, but what your actions were? Um, hindsight is definitely 2020. And mm-hmm. so I recognized then, um, cause I, I was so committed to this, right. Cause I could, I saw a picture in my head of who I could be. I knew I could be a happier, healthier, more wonderful, amazing version of myself. And so that was the, that was the rub. That was the thing that helped propel me forward. Cause I was like, I just can't get this picture of me out of my head. So how do I keep thirsting after this thing that seems impossible? And ultimately, um, it was baby steps, right? Like, let me start this one little thing. And what what is going to make this time different? And it's like, oh, it must be sustainable and it must be enjoyable. That's mm-hmm. where I started. Okay. 
Okay, so can you give us the tea on what made it sustainable and enjoyable for you? And I know everyone's going to be different, but what was part of your... Because I think that part of enjoyable, because even you said earlier about like, why am I doing this workout that I don't enjoy? And we try to mentally trick our minds into because you have to, you need to. And then we become resentful of the very work we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, enjoyable looks like, is it fun in the moment when I do it? Right. Um, And if it is great, I'm going to do it. And we all know that we always continually do what we enjoy. Right. We're always going to run back to that thing. So I made workout. I chose to make workout no longer a punishment Mm. and do two hours in the gym that I hated to go to anyway and eat foods that I absolutely hated just in this quest to be healthy. Like that's not who I am. That's not what I that, that's not living in integrity. Yeah. And so that was for me where I was like, okay, how, how can this look differently? And what if, uh, you know, with the help of my nutritionist, of course, she's like, here's a list of things that you can do. Choose three. And I was like, well, this is not going to work anyway. Like mm-hmm. I've done this before. I've been here before. Um, but I got to the point where I've said, maybe I should consider bariatric surgery. Like maybe that's going to be the difference. But I did not commit to bariatric surgery. I just committed to like today. Yeah. Right. Like I committed to showing up fully today. And whatever this lady says, I must do. Okay. I'm going to try it because worst case nothing changes. Best case, something really wonderful and amazing and fantastic happens. So my three things where I started going on walks three days a week for 15 minutes each, um, drinking, you know, 64 ounces of water. And I cheated because I was already drinking like 50. So I was like, you know, low hanging fruit Yeah, (laughs) Um, and taking a multivitamin, like that was it. And I focused on that for a month and it was hard because new things are are hard, can be hard and challenging. And so that's where I started. Do you think that that's what makes it so challenging to start a new change, a new shift, is that at the end of the day, anytime you hear the word new, it's daunting, it's overwhelming, old is better, here is better, normal is better. Mm -hmm. And yet, If we're going to move forward with our lives, if we're going to overcome whatever obstacle is standing in our way, we have to be committed to the reality that we're going to have to try on new and new will be difficult and new will be challenging, but new will be worth it. And I don't think that we can change anything unless we believe that new will be worth it. Yeah, I think, too, we have to challenge what is it that we must do? Right. Mm. So I thought that I had to be in the gym like that was the only way to do to lose weight is you must exercise. You must and you must do it this very particular way. Right. In a in a big box gym, uh, doing circuits with my brothers and my parents why would I, why, (laughs) right? Why is that the only way? Like that's a way. And so I started exploring new things, right. And taking the limits off what I thought certainly was a start. Um, And I mean, you can literally walk anywhere, right? So I was walking during my breaks at work, um, during my lunch break, because I was like stressful job. What a wonderful way for me to just check the box and say, I went on this little 15 minute walk that I didn't want to go on anyway, but here I am. I showed up and I did this thing. So it's challenging ourselves and what we think we must do, I think is, um, 
the first thing. What do you think has been like the greatest lesson that you have learned about yourself in this process that you would have never known unless you embarked on the journey of removing your own self-imposed limitations. So like, you know what about Joe Val now that you would not have known unless you moved those limitations? That there is nothing that I cannot do. Mm. Yeah. Because You know, when you have tried several times and everyone tells you and people tell you and society tell you and your friends and your parents say, you know, if you're so beautiful, if only you look, you know, you're so beautiful in your face. But, you know, and my at my highest, I was 265 pounds. First of all, I was always beautiful. So sometimes I'm like, who are y'all looking at? Mm -hmm. Right. But then I believed them. I believed when they said I was not enough. And so all of those things that I heard really took root in my belief system and who and what I was saying about myself that. Finally, I was like, wait a second, there must be other ways of doing this. And the physical behavior is only one very small part of weight loss because that's not that's not the thing that sustains us. What is the thing that sustains us? Be transformed continually by the renewing of your mind. Mm. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind now it, it feels and is completely, it takes on a completely different meaning because it's not just renew your mind one time and then that's it. No, it's it's been five years since I've started this. And now I recognize that I am continually having to challenge and question, does this thing that I was doing five years ago, does it still serve me today? Mm-hmm. And it's like clothing. I don't want to wear the same clothes uh, every day of the week, right? But Today's a good day to to go for a walk. Today's a good day to try something different. Oh, that's so good. Renewal. I feel like that's been the word that I have been experiencing all this year. And in many ways, it has been like a revolution in my life because I am owning mm-hmm. I am owning who I am, which is empowering me to be renewed in the areas that need it the most. And to your point, transformation Mm -hmm. doesn't happen unless we are open to that renewal and ownership and the marriage of them both. And I think that I'm beginning to own who I am becoming. So, Jovan, my question to you is like, how are you owning the confidence, the healing, the wisdom that you possess? now because you've undergone this transformation? Um, In a couple different ways, I think first is recognizing that um, if I follow the advice of the 99%, I'm going to get the results of the 99%. And so if I want to do things differently, if I want to be different in this way, right? Because not many people can say that, which is really so crushing to me. Not many people can say that they have reclaimed their life through weight loss. And with two thirds of the country overweight or obese, like this is something that must happen for simply for quality of life. And so I I recognize that I can ask for other people's opinion, but sometimes that's 
not even needed because ultimately like that deep knowing, like when I know something, no, no one can shake that truth. No one can shake the truth, right? It doesn't require participation. And so I, every time I do something new that other people may be fearful of, I have to recognize no, for them, it's fear. For me, it's exciting. Mm. For me, it's risk-taking. For me, it's bold. For me, it's courageous. And so I can't allow other people to impose their thoughts, their views onto how I live because this is this is my life. I'm, I alone am responsible for it. You know, most people would have this epiphany and maybe start a business that's like, get your butt in gear, get off the couch. But you started Extend Your Grace, Extend Yourself Grace. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is probably a little bit of like a mental oxymoron, especially for like the health lifestyle culture, because it's like, don't extend yourself, Grace. Grace is what puts you in this position. But you're saying that Grace can actually pivot you into a place of change and transformation, which is like totally biblical. But like, how did you choose this name to help motivate people? Because it's what I had to do for myself. So I don't actually think that I chose this name so much as I was talking with other people about it and, you know, in support groups and really sharing my story. And that's a thing that kept kept coming up. But what I realized is I am only human. I am not God. I am. No, thank God for God. But I don't want to I don't want to be God. I want to play God. And so recognizing the limitations of my humanity allows me to say, okay, I know I said I was going to go for a walk three times this week, but maybe I only went for two. Guess what? Two is still better than zero. And that is okay. And so giving myself the same grace that I that God gives to me and certainly that we also freely give to other people, recognizing that we need to turn it inward so that we can do the same things. We can encourage ourselves too in the same way that we encourage the people that we love so much. Okay, so I hate to interrupt all of this good conversation, but I wanted you to know that I want to talk to you too. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can send me your application, your video to be a co-host to podcast at womanevolve.com. Let me know what it is you want to talk about, why it's important to you that you be on the podcast. Maybe you're like, girl, I am not going to be on anybody's podcast. I don't do talking to people. First of all, this is a sign, overcome yourself. But if not... You can send me an advice question, podcast at womanevolve.com. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. So I know that you focus on high achieving women who are also women of color to really practice this level of radical self-care and self-love. What are some of the... I don't want to say excuses, but maybe I'm going to call them excuses. Like what are some Mm -hmm. of the excuses that keep women from practicing radical self care and self love uh, when it comes to really showing up for themselves? Yeah, I think some are excuses and some are legitimate reasons. Like Mm. we are socialized, especially as women, that we must give to other people, right? We are nurturers, we are caretakers. And so we all oftentimes put our, ourselves last. We say, I need to give to all these other people, right? I was a high school teacher. I must give to my students. I must show up fully for them first. 
And then at the end of the day, I was so tired that I was just like, work out where? Like, we don't have time or energy for that. We're done. And so recognizing that when I show up first for myself and I I say yes first to myself and then say no to the other things that do not align with what I have committed to saying yes to, like, then and only then can I really fully show up better healthier, more vibrant, more creative, more energized for other people. You know, when you said that about showing up for yourself, I thought about the person who's like, you know, the evening is my only shot at working out. The evening is my only shot Mm -hmm. at self-care. And the problem with doing it in the evening for someone like me is that I feel like if I don't do it in the morning, my day is going to just be swamped. And by the time I get to the evening, I Mm -hmm. won't have any time left. But it does mean, and I just had this epiphany while you were speaking, that if radical self-care for me means setting aside time in the evening, it doesn't mean that I can do whatever during the day. It means that I go throughout the day with the mindset that I have to save some for me later. And it qualifies how I show up during the day, because if you're going to expend and expend and expend all day long, you won't have anything left by time. It's time for that evening time for yourself. Mm -hmm. But you spend during the day knowing that I have to have something left over for me and it changes the way you show up for those people. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, language matters. That's why I got Mm -hmm. my master's in teaching English as a second language. Cause I was like, Ooh, grammar, love it. Like let's talk Mm -hmm. words. And so I don't even think that we have to, I think that we actually get to, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we think of this as what are the things, what is something that I can do for myself today? Right. I've been giving so much to other people all day long, knowing that I have 30 minutes or whatever, if it's 10 minutes, congratulations, 10 is better than zero, right? Well, then what do I get to do with that time? Am I going to rest, right? Am I going to read? And so radical self-care to me is what is the thing that I get to do that makes me feel better in my mind, my body, my spirit, that reduces my stress, that allows me to decompress, that allows me to check in with myself and say, hey, you've asked everybody else what they need. What do you need? Mm. What can you do for yourself? So can you tell us like, what are some of the things that you're able to do daily that helps you to really tap into that care of your own soul? So first I ask myself the question, Mm. right? Like that is how I had to begin this is like, what do I need? Right. Cause we, sometimes misinterpret like hunger cues and thirst cues, right? And so even, do I need to drink water? Do I have a headache because I haven't had enough water today? Um, right. So it's drinking water. It's uh, writing, doing a brain dump of all of these mm. things, tasks that are floating around in my head that I just need to put on paper so I can mentally move on to start this new thing that I'm working on. Um, but certainly it's doing my devotional and spending quiet time with God. It's journaling. Um, sometimes I do a dream journal in the morning and then at the end of the day, I'll do a gratitude journal to like wind down for the night. Um, 
Um, I take a lot of pictures of flowers. Mm -hmm. I love nature because I'm just like, do you see what God did? Oh (laughs) my goodness. And so I go on daily walks to just enjoy the sun, to just get a change of scenery. And so I think, you know, part of it too is people think that self-care is I need to spend 45 minutes doing X and I'm saying, no, self-care is you get to choose and you get to do it several times throughout the day. Uh, Okay. So when you said we misinterpret hunger cues and thirst cues, for me, self-care used to be like, I am going to go eat McDonald's french fries in the car. And some days that is self-care for me. But that was like my... It still is. Absolutely. (laughs) That was like my go-to form of self-care. And it wasn't necessarily that I was hungry as much as it felt like I just don't want to have any restrictions and I want to be by myself Mm -hmm. and I want to just have something that I enjoy. But too much of that ended up putting me in a situation where now I'm frustrated with my body. And I feel like what you're saying is that like there is an opportunity for us to take in those moments where we feel like maybe deterring some of our physical goals Mm -hmm. to instead ask, what is it that I'm actually needing in this moment? Is it solitude? Is it isolation? Is it quiet? So that I can honor the need without destroying the goal in the process. Yeah. And also, I think sometimes we can listen. I was at McDonald's a couple of days ago. Like, let's let us not, uh, you know, Let's not rule everything out. It is not black or white. It's right. not zero or one. It's not all or none. There is there's some beautiful color to be found in the middle, right? So sometimes it really is like I'm just going to McDonald's, especially for these moms. Like I understand. Yeah. I get I hear your struggle and like God is with you. I pray for y'all. Like sometimes it really is. Can I just eat my own French fries? That's in it. Silence? That's all. That's all I want. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know that it just it looks different at at all times and so we don't have to eat only for nutrition which is something that the american diet culture definitely um it's this idea that persists that you must eat for nutrition but sometimes i just want a comfort snack yeah like why can't i do that a comfort meal like i don't do cheat meals because what am I cheating on? Like, this is food. Food is not good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. But to your point, anything in excess is going to be a problem. Yeah. Too much of a good, healthy thing is also a problem. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to remind myself of that next time. I'm just too much spinach. I'm like, listen, I can't eat another salad because I've had too much of it. It's hurting my feelings right. now. <laughs> Yes, it does not need to hurt your feelings. Don't let it do it. I don't want that for me. How has your relationship relationship dynamics changed as you have changed? Because I think that when we are like setting fire to who we used to be, sometimes people get in the smoke a little bit. They come out smelling with some ashes and some people walk through it with us anyway. But how have your relationship dynamics uh, been altered by your own shift? I was um, very concerned for sure that like, listen, with extreme weight loss, we all have heard of stories of somebody who knows somebody who knows someone who they lost weight and became a completely different person. And I was like, that's not going to be me. I'm going to be the same person, but smaller. Okay. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to be somebody different. (laughs) 
Yeah, I am more mature because mm. the perseverance, the things that I have done had to continually do to overcome. Like you can't stop and start something several times. And, you know, by the eighth time in, you're like excited about it. No. So some people chose to opt out. Some people said, girl, you've done this before. People that I friends that I would often go to happy hour with would say, you've done this before. I don't even know why you're trying to go on this little uh -huh. diet. It's not going to work. Oh, okay. All right. And so they, they did the work for me, right? I didn't even, um, have to decide for some of them because they showed me their true colors when I thought, oh my gosh, but are we not friends? Right. Yeah. Are we not as close as I thought we were? And you know, another thing that I've learned is that not everything is permanent. Like there is a season for many things in relationships, chiefly among them. Mm. You said that was such finality. I felt like we need to drop the mic after that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like I think, and that is why so many people are afraid of growth and development. It's, uh, I don't want my world to change. Like I want to change, but I don't want my world to change. I want everything mm -hmm. around me to stay the same because I do enjoy this portion of it. But it's yeah. unrealistic to think that you would change and that nothing around you would change. And yet there's a trust that the change is worth the transition and perhaps the mm -hmm. the fires <laughs> that end up uh, burning some friendships and stuff that that we had along the way what has been one of the benefits in your relationships like in some of the ones that did survive and sustain what benefits have been added as a result of you really owning the truth of what you needed and wanted out of life for yourself I know that the people now who are here for me are genuinely here for me. Mm. Um, there's no question about that, right? Because how I show up, weight stigma is a very real thing in this country. And so how I showed up at a size 18, 20 also impacts the people that I'm physically with, right? It's oh, how, wow. we, how are we perceived when I walk into the room at 265 pounds and I know that they loved me then, they cared for me then, and I know definitively with their support, like that they love me still now. Um, and so there's a confidence and a deeper trust with the people that I get to do life with. So good. Um, we have an advice question that I think is gonna be uh, something worth us discussing as we just talk about transition and change and the many ways that it can disorient us. Um, it starts off, it says, I hope this question reaches you in a good time. I listen to you all the time. You are definitely a woman of God, inspiring many women to live righteously for God and to be who he has truly called us to be. Me, I am broken, no doubt, but I am consciously mm -hmm. trying to put the pieces back together. However, I can't get my connection with God back born and raised in the mm. church but I've fallen aside with the blows of life and the one thing I desire is a genuine connection with God since losing my mom and dad I've been battling a serious bout of anxiety and depression and I feel like I don't know how to pray I can't meditate I'm swimming and I'm straddling the fence and I want off your advice is greatly appreciated and I love you your spirit and your realness Val, you started off for me. I could have written that letter myself mm. years ago. 
So what would I say to Joe Val five years ago or 10 years ago even is, um, um, are you familiar with kintsugi? No. The Japanese art form. So it is this stunningly beautiful art form where um, Japanese artists take broken clay and they refill it uh, with the cracks, the brokenness with gold and so what was this clay pot is now this stunning recreation because Mm -hmm. all of the cracks are filled with the gold and i feel like that is how god that is who god is to me right like i was broken and i was on i was straddling that fence so hard and i had to say like i don't even know what to pray anymore like lord help but like i don't know what to ask for like i've been here before i've done this before i'm anxious i'm depressed there's so much going on life is lifing how do i do this and the the answer is always going to be the same it is one step at a time right it is to walk by faith even i don't know what is ahead of me i know what's back there don't want to go back but i just know that something good awaits Mm. and so take a step it doesn't matter how small the step is like a 15 minute walk what is that going to do for anybody you can't lose weight it turns out you can because something is always better than nothing. It is quite literally the compound effect. We see this in action with our 401k accounts. Yeah. My weight loss journey, my scale looks exactly like the stock market, like mm-hmm. just all over the place because it's not linear. And so to say, I know this is going to be messy. I, I know that we believe, we want to believe that life is perfect and good for everyone, but it's not. And so a allow myself i must allow myself to just show up to just try because when you seek something you're going to find it it is quite literally only a matter of time before you do if you if you do not quit so you know some fires burn things down but fire also has the ability you know to strengthen to purify you know and so allowing that listen this one experience might have burned me and i might be wounded and i might need to heal but other times allow myself to celebrate in the good times the best of times and you know if you go on a 15 minute walk congratulations that's worth celebrating too so just starting and just knowing that a sigh is a good enough prayer for god oh we don't have to have all the answers a sigh is a good enough prayer for god yeah that is so good um because we're often looking for words and we're looking for vocabulary and expression and we struggle to find that. When I first read this, I thought to myself like, wow, you know, experience the loss of your parents and it sounds like some other things on top of that. It is no wonder that you feel disconnected from God because what I have found Mm -hmm. is when we go through a process, we go through an experience that makes us lose trust in God, we take a little bit of our heart back. 
We stop reaching because yeah. it's just so painful. Why didn't you save me from that? Why didn't you stop that from happening? And we would never verbalize it, but we just take a little bit of us back because it's like, I don't know if I can trust myself with you any longer. Yeah. And then we look up and we aren't connected because we just took piece after piece back. Now, hear me clearly. I understand why we end up in those situations. But when we talk about restoring our trust with God, I'm not telling you to just say he's God and you got to reach out and you just got to trust him. Mm -hmm. I think you go back to the place where you took your heart back. And I think you begin Mm. to sigh from that place that you begin to express from that place because God can handle your truth. You don't have to smile on top of tears. You don't have to put sugar on top of things that have been so challenging, but to sigh from the place of that grief, to sigh from that place of disappointment and then allow God to sit in that with you for God to say, I got you and trust me and I'm still faithful and I can still love you and I still put this around you and that around you because I would never leave you nor forsake you. And from that place, we just take one step one inch, one toe, and then we look up and we're connected, not because we pretended that everything was okay, but because we met God in the fragmented places. I love that about the Japanese art. I I want to find some. I think that's going to be a screensaver yes. for, for seasons of my life. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think too, you know, and when we start, when we take that first step, that first step is so small, but 15 minutes soon became like, well, what is 15 minutes? That is not enough, right? And so when we have the confidence to take the first step, we will soon find ourselves saying, I can, I think I can take another one. Yeah. I think I'm ready for the next one here. I this step wasn't as bad as I thought it was. So let let me let me keep going, right? And so we can encourage ourselves to continue forward, to continue moving in that way. And honestly, that's what we must do. That that is what we have to do. That's what we all do. And that's certainly what I did. Yeah. Joe Val, I want to know before we go, how can we be praying for you and your journey? How can we support? How can we show up for you in this space that is so meaningful for the rest of us? Um, that's a wonderful question. Thank you. It is, um, I need to continue to move forward, right? And to continue to reach behind me and rest. So, cause this is exhausting work. Yeah. Um, being a nurse, going back to school to be a nurse in a pandemic is that was obviously going to be hard, but the discrimination and biases Mm -hmm. and all of these other things that I have had to endure has made it that much more challenging. And so, um, you know, the reminders to rest, even though I've been doing this for five years, I have to encourage myself just the same as I am encouraging other people. Um, And so to know that sometimes we must rest and really, to continue to journal, to continue to cast my cares in that way. And so the prayer is that I would keep on keeping on and continue to help other people, other women of color, other women of faith do what I did with um, with God's uh, intercession. Well, thank you so much for the barriers that you have burned on our behalf. There are so many of us coming behind you. And as we come behind you, we're going to be praying for you as you continue to move forward. So just great grace. May angels be dispatched, a hedge of Mm -hmm. protection around your body, your heart, your mind, your spirit. And may you rest in the forward moving progress of God's win pushing behind you so you don't have much stress or or energy to exert because 
God's going to push you in the direction you're headed. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for this conversation. You take care. Thank you, too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. No problem. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Listen, one thing's for sure, whether it's an email, a comment, or a DM, I receive a lot of messages asking if I'm available to be a mentor. Child, let me tell you, y'all must not see them family pictures. I got a lot of children. I'm a mentor every day against my will. There's hardly enough time in the day for me to be mentored. But if you email your top mentorship questions to podcast at womanevolve.com, I will do my best to answer them. I try my best to answer them on the podcast, but if there's something that sticks out, back an email. Another thing, be my co-host. Come kick it with me. Ask me these questions face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom, whatever works for you. Hit my inbox at podcast at womanevolve.com with a one to two minute video about being my next co-host and we might be able to set something up. Joval, sis, thanks for not only co-hosting with me, but sharing bits of your story with the delegation. We're all better because of you.